Well, you know, not too long ago, in fact, about 17 years ago, I had a little boy who would hang on me like this and who would not let go of me and who would take a nap during morning service and slobber on my shirt. But yesterday, that little boy turned 17 years old. Elliot Boyd. Some of you remember just a little three-year-old preschooler when we came here to La Palma. And uh, I'm so very proud of this young man. I know he's my son. But uh, let me tell you, everybody just kind of thinks because somebody grows up in a pastor's home that they're automatically going to become a pastor. And that's not the case. I have encouraged my kids all along, if there's anything else that you can do, do it. Whatever God calls you to do, do it. But Elliot came to his dad, uh, to his dad and I about uh, a year ago and finally said, you know, I really believe that God is calling me into the full-time ministry. And uh, we support that. And uh, I'm, I'm amazed from that point on what God has done in his life. Um, he's given him words, messages, and I, I've seen such growth. And uh, I'm very weepy these days because I don't have my husband. He's in England. And I have two more weeks without the old bald guy at home, and I just don't know what I'm going to do. I'm telling you. I used to think I was this strong, independent woman. What happened to me? And let me tell you what, 24 years this man has got up and made coffee and brought my coffee into me every morning. Yeah, feel sorry for me. I'm get, I have to get up and pod myself a cup of coffee every morning. I refuse to make a pot of coffee until he comes home. It is a sad, sad day. Anyway, I am quite weepy because... My little boy has turned 17, and not only has he turned 17, but he is becoming quite the man of God. And I'm so proud of him, and I'm proud to introduce to you Elliot Boyd Bland. He's going to bring the word to you this morning. Okay, thank you. And uh, I just want to say thanks to well, my dad who's not here, but thank you guys for letting me preach to you. I don't take it lightly. It's a cool thing to be able to do, that you guys trust me to do that. So, so let's do this. So um, most of you know me pretty well, but some of you guys who don't know me, uh, in ninth grade, I was in wrestling. And uh, I believe we have a picture of that. Just to give you guys an understanding of how beast I was. That's, that's pretty intimidating right there, right? That, that's pretty scary. I mean, have any of you guys seen um, Diary of a Wimpy Kid? That's, it looks like that. And I, I know what some of you guys are thinking. 
And no, it's not Mission Sunday. That isn't some kid in another country who doesn't get fed. That, that was me. So, uh, yeah, you can take it down. They don't need to see it that long. But, yep, take it down. Okay. So, as you guys can see, I was in need of muscle. I was very, very weak. So, I wanted to start going to the gym and start lifting weights and to grow. And uh, at Kennedy, Kennedy High School, where I went in ninth grade, uh, the, the way their workout area is set up is on the bottom half, they have the weights and all that stuff that the guys do when they're working out. And they have like an upper little cave that kind of overlooks all of the bottom half, which is where like girls will come and do like ab workouts or, or something like that. And most of the time, the girls and the guys don't conflict, like they're at different times, but on rare occasions, the girls will be working out at the same time as the guys. And all of us know that the girls are looking down at the guys and seeing who's lifting the most and like who's the best. And so I hated this day so much. Like I'm trying to hide behind the big football players just lifting the bar. I, was, I hated it because like you don't want a girl to see that you're so weak. And plus, I was afraid that some of them could beat me up. You know, some of those softball girls. No, but, and then I got like some of the other guys in there who were like buff. They're all like, yeah, ah! they're, at their, they're at their best. They're screaming the loudest. The music's up. The, they're spitting. They're scratching. They're all, they're men. And so then I hated that. But these girls motivated me and they made me want to grow to another level. I, I was sick of being where I was at and I was ready to grow to another level. And so spiritually, when we accept Christ and when we become a Christian, it's like we're walking into the gym for the first time and we're picking up the bar and we're starting from scratch. And we need to grow to another level spiritually. We can't stay where we're at. So my text for today is Hebrews 5, 12 through 14. And in there it says, In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teachings about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Okay, so hold on a second. I need a little visual aid right now. Oh, that's perfect timing right there. Oh my goodness. I don't know if I could handle this. Okay. All right, this is awkward. All right, boom, I got it. Give me a round of applause, please. So, as you can see how I awkwardly hold the baby, I'm not that, I'm not that acquainted with children, but my mom, she always will put, because this is uh, Pastor Moses, our music pastor, and his wife, this is their son Judah, Judah Moses Alleman, and uh, so my parents claim them as their grandbabies, because they're like their grandbabies, babies, grandbabies, so, but she'll post stuff on Facebook like hanging out with the grandkids or something, and people will be like, what is wrong? What's going on with Elliot? He's only seven. And so they really need to clarify that. But so anyway, Judy here, as I said before, I'm not that good with babies, so I'm not sure. I'm not a pediatrician or anything, but I'm pretty sure that he's not eating any T-bone steaks or anything. Am I right, Pimo? Right. He's, he's on the bottle right now. And that's fine because that's where he needs to be. But as he grows and as he matures, they need to start getting him on baby food 
than to solid food, eventually he's going to be grubbing on some steak. That's how it's supposed to be. But sometimes, like, how weird would it be if you saw, like, a 12-year-old kid with a pacifier or, or with a, a bottle? That would just be, it's gross to think of it. Like, that's weird. If anyone has a picture of that, please send it to me because that's just weird. But that's, we think about that and we picture that and we think, oh, how strange that would be and how weird that is. But spiritually, as Christian, that's, that's how some of us are. Some of us are still in diapers and are still on the bottle. So imagine how God feels. God looking down and being like, man, this guy needs to get on some food now. He's, he needs to get off the bottle. But we don't. So now I'm going to give Judah back. I can't preach with him the whole time. I got him. That's cool. All right, there we go. This time I didn't drop him like first service. That was good. I'm just kidding. I didn't drop a baby or anything. That was a joke. <laughs> so, as you can see how weird that would be for like a 12-year-old to be drinking from the bottle, that's like us spiritually. We all need to grow. And so there's three ways that I found that will help us grow to another level with God spiritually. The first way is to have right relationships. Having right relationships will help us to grow to another level with God. And so the first right relationship that we need to have is a right relationship with God. I mean, that makes sense, right? To grow with God, you need to have a good relationship with God. So we need to just clarify some things there. So as I said before, this relationship starts when we pick up the bar, walk into the gym. It starts when we accept God into our life as our Savior. And that is like a monumental experience in most of our lives. How many of you guys, give me five people who will stand up and say the day that they got saved. The day and where they were, just five people who know. Yeah, anyone. I need some people. No one knows when they got saved. Here, write this down. Nice, June 26, 1988. Valentine's Day, that's pretty cool. Nice. Miss Bonnie? Oh, good. 1951. See, so when I, I don't, I've been in church my whole life. My dad's a pastor. So I've been saved my whole life. I, but the day that I accepted Christ into my heart, it was, I remember I was like five years old and me and my dad were driving just to like Target or something. And I was in the back seat and he was talking about his sermon and I was asking him questions about like, what does that mean when you ask God into your heart? And he explained it to me and I understood it. And I asked, I said, yeah, I'm, I'm ready. I want to do that. And so I don't remember the exact day, but I remember when and how it happened because it's a monumental experience, but we need to make it more than just a monumental experience. It's not something we just look back on and say, oh, I remember the day I was saved. That was cool. It's the start of a relationship. It's not just a, so say like, you got married. Your wedding day is a monumental experience. That's something you will remember your whole life. But what if right after you said I do, you kiss the bride, and then you walk away, and then you call your bride up every, every month or so, or every now and again when you're really sick, or when you're really happy, or on Christmas and Easter, or on special occasions. That relationship isn't going to work. 
You have to pursue that relationship every day for it to work. That's the same thing with God. We, we just need, we need to simplify this. We can't overthink it. It's an everyday thing. So, and our right relationship with God is about getting over the superficial and into the supernatural. It's not about... Thank you. You could tweet that if you want. Just, but it's true. It's, no, I don't... I do... Okay, understand me here. I do care if you're a Christian, but don't be a Christian for my sake. Don't love God and accept God for my sake. It's about you and God and your eternal life and having a better life on earth. So... When I was little, you know, you think, I need to be a Christian to get into heaven. It's a free pass into heaven. That's, that's a good perk to being a Christian. But being a Christian gives you a better life in general. It's the missing piece in your heart. It's the, we need to get over the superficial. Stop just being a Christian in front of these people and not in front of these people. It's about just you and God, you know, all the time. And so... To have a good relationship with God, we need to get back to the basics. I mean, some of us have, like, good routines, you know? Raise your hand if you pray or read the Bible every morning. Raise your hand if you do it every night, you know, or in the middle of the day. Everyone has their own thing that works for them. Some people can pray in the morning, read in the night. It's just about getting that time in and setting a routine that's going to work for yourself and lifting there's certain workouts that you do as a routine. And you do these because you know they produce results. And you get used to the routine. And I think a, a good rule in lifting is once something feels easy or normal, it's time to switch things up. Right. I think that's a good rule for us spiritually. Once it gets easy and normal for you to read a chapter a day or to spend five minutes in prayer a day, it's time to switch things up. Add more. Start doing a devotional. Start reading Christian literature. Start Start getting into the word and digging in. That's how we're going to grow to a better relationship with God. It's not that hard. You just can't overthink this. And to grow, we have to have a foundation to build on. And that foundation is God. And so once we grow our relationship with God, it will help us to go to another level. And once we get that relationship with God all worked out, then we should also work on our relationship with other Christians. Because, so if I would have walked into that gym that day, and I would have got connected with the people who didn't care, or who were just in there to get credits, or they didn't care about me or them, they just wanted the credits for gym, there's no way I would have grown. I needed to get connected with people who were going to push me and cared about me and wanted me to grow and wanted themselves to grow. The same thing is true with our Christian walk. We can't, so understand me, I don't want to confuse anybody, so I'm going to explain this. I'm not saying don't hang out with superficial, don't be, you know, oh, I can't be your friend because you're not on fire for God, or I can't be your friend because you're not a Christian. That's not what I'm saying. We're supposed to show God's love to everybody and love everyone, be their friends, okay? What I'm saying here is you, that person who you go to when you're struggling or when you need advice or whatever, that can't be someone who doesn't care about you growing. It has to be someone who's going to push you to grow, and you could push them to grow. In 1 Corinthians 15.33, it says, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. We can't trick ourselves. 
No, not one person here has such strong personality or such strong morals that you're going to rub off on every single person. If you start hanging out and your, be- your best friends are people who are not going to care about you and don't care about you growing, that's going to rub off on you. And you're going to start to be like, yeah, I don't care about that either. It's going to rub off. You can't trick yourself. It says in the Bible, do not be misled. Bad company will corrupt good morals. So we need to get with people who are going to push us. So uh, sometimes I'll work out. We have like a little bench in my garage. And uh, Mr. Mike, who is also my teacher, would uh, like double as my weight coach. Okay? And so if you see Mr. Mike here, you can tell that he's going, he's very charismatic, energetic, and he's super buff. So it's like, but Mr. Mike is going to push me to grow. He's not going to let me slack off. And he, he's not going to push me too much. He's going to push me to where he knows I can go. And I might not be able to pick up the bar that Mr. Mike lifts, but I'm going to push him as well. And he does the same thing to me spiritually. But we need to have those relationships with people who are going to push us, and we can push them right back, who you could check and say, hey, man, that's, you know, come on, you're better than this. And they could do that to you. We need those type of relationships because without that, we're not going to grow. And so, and also... A little side note for a right relationship with Christians, we need, to be, we need to have unity, you guys. We can't be talking bad and gossiping about people and starting cliques. And we can't have any of that. There's no time for that. That is the type of stuff that makes, how are you going to have dysfunction and not be united with Christians and wonder why your secular friend doesn't want to come or your secular coworker doesn't want to come to church? It's because of stuff like this. I wouldn't want to come to church, you guys. But if we're united and we're all one and we all love each other and they could see that, people are going to be coming in the doors. Gonna, you won't even have to invite anyone. They'll just be like, oh, man. That's, that's what it's about, being united. Because uh, in 1 Peter 5, it, it talks about the devil being like a, a lion, a prowling lion, okay? And lions are smart predators. They're not going to run into a pack of, like, wildebeest and just run into the middle and just start going at Because they'll get trampled. There's no way they could do anything. They're going to go for the one who's left alone, who's out on the side, who, who is not with the group. So we can't have that. We need to keep everyone in the group. We need to go. And you can't wait for someone to come up to, you know, a lot of us are like, well, if anyone comes up to me, I'll be nice to them or I'll be loving to them. You need to start making initiative. We need to start going up to people and be like, hey, man, sit with me. There's, there's room in this pew. You know, I usually sit here, but here, you guys could sit here. We need to start doing that type of stuff. And that, having unity will not only help us to grow individually, but it will also help us to grow as a church. And I think we need to grow as a church. We're making good progress to grow as a church. These life groups and everything, it's really helping us. But we need to keep that going, and we need to stay united. We can't, that's another thing, these life groups. You can't get this, don't let this get you ununited, or changing the service time from 8.30 to 8.50, you know, that is such a small detail. We can't let that trip us up. It's about saving souls and changing the world, and we're getting, we're getting all upset because church is at 8.30 instead of 8.15. we got to get over it. Look at the bigger picture, you guys. All right, so... I need, I need to okay, so once we get these... Right relationship with God and with other Christians, there's one last right relationship we need to have, and that's with unbelievers. 
In Matthew 5.13, it says, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. So, growing up in church, I've heard that saying a lot, and I, it makes no sense. To, I'm like, salt, we're the paprika of the world, we're the cinna, cinnamon of the world. It, I'm like, but I just nod my head, yep, yeah, we're the salt of the world. I didn't understand it. But recently, um, our youth went to a youth camp, which is like a five-day retreat where we just hang out, have fun, and like encounter God. It's, it's real cool. And so... The pastor there explained it in a way that I really liked, and it really made me understand. So in, uh, in olden times, like back when this scripture is read, uh, was written, they didn't have refrigeration. So salt was used as a preservative. I mean, I think, right? Miss Gail, you were there, so. Can you back me up on that one? I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. Okay. All right. Okay, okay. So, but they didn't have refrigeration. So to stop the meat from dying and decaying, they would put salt on it. And salt would act as a preservative and it would keep the meat fresh and it would save it from dying and from decaying. So when Christ calls us to be the salt of the world, he's calling us to stop a dying and decaying world to preserve it and keep it fresh and keep it alive. That's what our job is. And a table of salt, a pile of salt on a table isn't going to do anything good. So let's just come in here and having happy Christian time. I mean, is we need to fill ourselves up here so we could go out and change the world. That's what church is about. It's not about... It's not about us coming in and saying, oh, you look so nice, you look so nice, let's sing this song and pretend we're listening and then we'll go out and you get... You get your feel good for the day. It's about filling yourself up so you can go out and change the world. And we need to change, some of us need to change our mindset uh, for ministering to uh, unbelievers. Because I am almost positive that there's not one person who is an unbeliever and who is sinning. Who you, if you went up to them and said, hey, what you're doing is wrong. You need to be doing this. It's wrong that you're doing that. They're going to be like, it's wrong? Oh, my goodness. Oh, I'm following you. They know that what they're doing is wrong. They've been told before what they're doing is wrong. It's not our job to tell them and to look down on them for what they're doing. It's our job to love them and show them love and show them what they're missing. Because what they're doing is unbelievers are they're trying to fill this void in their life, in their heart, that only God can fill. And they're trying to fill that with, with partying or with drugs or with, or with whatever. But it's not going to fit, you know. It's all, that's, a, that's a superficial uh, resolve. It's not going to stay there. It's, we have the answer. So it's our job to show them through our lives that we have the answer, you know. And the way they're going to see that is just from things we do and the little things we don't do, you know. Like having forgiveness. For, they'll see, man, that guy did you wrong. What, how... Uh, why did you forgive him? You know, I, I would stay mad at him. Well, it's God's love. It's God. I, it's not me, you know. And having peace and all this stuff. They're going to see that we have the answer. Right. And that's how we need to minister to the unbeliever. That's how they're going to come to know God. Amen. And have a relationship with him as well. And so once we get these right relationships down, the right relationship with God, with Christians, and with non-believers, it's going to help us grow. But 
after we get our right relationships down, we need to start having right actions. And so there are three things that come to my mind when, uh, when I think of right actions, uh, and that's hands, feet, and tongue. So it might sound a little confusing, but just stay with me, all right? So hands. There are things that we need to start doing, and there's things we need to stop doing, okay? So to grow to another level with God, we need to start doing new things, okay? We need to start joining new ministries. We need to start reaching out to people we never reached out before. We need to start helping people we've never helped before. We need to start doing new things. A great example of this is uh, our back-to-school bash, which was held up by Pete, Mr. Pete Link. Mr. Pete Link, can you stand real quick? Everyone give him a round of applause. And Mr. Pete, he has, he's, he's got the heart. He wants to do new things, and he wants to do things that we've never done as a church. He's always coming with new ideas, and that's awesome. He gets it, you know? But the Back to School Batch was such an awesome opportunity to be a part of, and next year, you all should be a part of it, because it was just incredible. It, I was working the snow cone booth or whatever, and my hands were so covered with the whatever that is, the food, cu- the, the syrup, that I didn't think it'd ever come out. But it was awesome because these people were coming and they were getting free backpacks and school supplies and jumpers and snow cones and haircuts. <laughs> and face paint for free. And it was just such an awesome outreach to be a part of. And that's the type of stuff we needed to be doing, doing stuff we never done. Being ministries that you never thought you would, you know? Just that... That's how we're going to grow. But we also need to, there's things we got to stop doing. A lot of us are okay with the first one, or at least kind of agree with what I said right there, that there's things we need to start, you know, oh, I could, I could help out, I'll join the choir or something, or I'll help out with the next back-to-school bash, and we're kind of on board with that. But where we get upset or you don't want to follow is there's things we got to stop doing. To grow to another level it's a fact. There are things you're going to have to stop doing, okay? Because you're not going to grow to another level if you're addicted to something. Whether that be alcohol, whether that be drugs, whether that be porn, you're not going to grow to another level. You have to give things up. So recently, I felt that God was, like, speaking to me that, not, like, audibly, because I've never had that happen or anything, but I've just felt like God was telling me that it's, I've gotten as far as I'm going to go at the level I'm at, and it's time for me to go to the never, another level. And if I want to do that, I need to start doing new things and start giving some things up. And so that's just a fact. We have to start doing that. If we want to grow to another level, we got to do things we haven't done and stop doing some things. And so that's hands. And then feet. It's basically like the same idea. There are places we need to start going, and there's places we got to stop going. So with this, I'm not saying, like, everybody has to be, like, uh, Pastor Dave and Miss Sonny and go from, like, Indiana to California, you know? But they did. They had to trust in God, and they had to go somewhere they had never gone before. And it has grown them. They, they're doing great here, and they're, they're doing better than they ever have, you know? Because they trusted God, and they went somewhere they'd never gone before. But not everyone has to go out of state or go somewhere else. That could just mean... Going to the part of town you never thought you would go before and bring in some Bob bags and hand them out, handing them out. Right. Or going to that coworker or friend or 
person at your school that you, that's weird and you never thought you would talk to them and going and reaching out to them and loving on them. Because let me just tell you, those people are going to be the most receiving to love, the people who don't, who don't get it. They're, they're, they will come in a heartbeat to church. You'll be surprised. Like, so uh, when I came back from camp, I, 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 well, Pimo stole my word. I used it first, first service. I said epiphany, or, but I don't even know what it means, so it's okay that he stole the word. But, but so when I came back, I, I felt like I just wanted to, because I felt like I had been doing good and reaching out to my friends and reaching out at school and whatever, but uh, God kind of opened my eyes and showed me that I, I was missing work. Like, it was, like, right under my nose. I guess because I thought work, I didn't, you know, oh, I, I'm just going in there to work and then getting out. But it's a perfect mission field for me. Like, I could minister to these people. And so when I came back, I had, like, a new fire that I wanted to reach out to people at my work and, you know, show them that God's love and all this stuff. But when I got there, I, I, this wasn't, like, my thought going into it. It was kind of, like, in the back of my mind, I guess was I'm going to reach out to the people that I like and the people I want to reach out to. And so it wasn't like a plan that way, but that's just how it was. And because I work in like uh, the cleaning up area, and I, you'd be surprised. I could tell you some crazy stories about that. But, but there are some, I won't, but there are some, um, some weird people who work with me, okay? And they're just odd, and some of them are just, they kind of get on my nerves, and I didn't want to invite those people to church. Like, I want to invite the cool people to church or whatever. So, but then God just kind of slapped me in the face. It was just like, this kid came up to me and started talking to me. And usually I would just kind of brush him off and walk to my car. But God was like, I want to minister to him too. Who, like, who are you to decide that he doesn't, he doesn't get to see God's love through you? Like, and so I just kind of talked to this kid. And all we were talking about was like roller coasters. But you could see that this guy, I say kid, but he's like 25, but he wanted to talk about roller coasters. And so just talking to this guy about roller coasters made him, made his day, and he just wanted to, he's like, if you ever want to come to Knott's or anything, after work, we could go together. I'm like, the last thing I want to do is come to Knott's after work. But, but just talking to this guy was good to minister to him because he didn't get it a lot, you know. A lot of people just brush him off. And that's the type of stuff. We need to be reaching out and going to those people who don't get ministered to, you know. And there's places we need to stop going. I think that's, you know, you need to stop going to places that are hindering you to get to another level. And so that's feet. Another thing that goes with right actions, and the last one is tongue. And uh, there are things we need to start saying. And there's things we need to stop saying. So we need to start giving each other encouraging words and loving words and bringing people up and pushing them to grow and stop tearing them down and stop gossiping and stop talking bad about other people. You know, a great example of this is uh, Miss Mickey. Because just, just this morning, in fact, every Sunday it seems, including today, she has an encouraging word to bring me up and to push me to grow and to put love into my life. Raise your hand if Miss Mickey has given a word to you of encouragement. I, I think it's safe to say she has never come up to you and said, hey, your breath stinks, or hey, I don't think you should be sitting here. No, it's always an encouraging and loving word. And 
she pushes us to grow. And if you saw all those hands with Mickey, God is going to bless you for pouring into all of our lives. Because... But that's true for all of us. If we start putting encouraging words and bringing people up and loving on people, it's going to come back to us because what we sow, we reap. And if we're sowing bad seeds and gossiping about people and talking bad about people and undermining people, that's going to come back to us too. And that's going to stop us from going. So we need to start encouraging each other and loving each other and speaking good and even to out there. That's how we're going to minister to unbelievers is being nice and loving on them and showing them something different because everyone's perception of Christians are so bad nowadays. It's sad and it, I hate to say it, but it's kind of our own fault, you know? Not necessarily people in this room, but Christianity as a whole. Like, the view has become tainted. But we can, we have the power to change that through us, you know? We can't just accept that people think Christianity is bad and be like, yeah, you don't like it, then who cares? I'm a Christian. That, I mean, you need to have pride and stand up for what you believe in, but we also need to show love and show them that we're not what, they're, what they think we are, you know? You need to love the sinner and hate the sin. You can't hate the sinner and hate the sin. It's, we, need to, we just got to change that. We have the power to change the view of Christianity. And so if we have the right results... And if we have the right actions, or sorry, if we have the right relationships and we have the right actions, it's going to produce the right results. So if Pima would come up here and my lovely assistant, give my lovely assistant a round of applause. So I'm a visual learner, so just, just to give you guys a, another glimpse of, you know, I, I, would, I would do this myself, but I pulled a hamstring, so, so I'm going to let Nathan do it for me. So it starts. When you accept Christ, you're picking up the bar, you're walking into the gym, and you start there. And when you're ready, you add some more. You start getting those right relationships. And start, and start giving those positive words and start going to places you've never gone before and doing things you never thought you would do before. And once it feels comfortable, it's time to add some more. It's time to keep growing. You start giving encouraging words to people. Start building people up. Forget about the superficial, get into the supernatural. And pretty soon you will grow to another level with God. styrofoam weights just so you know I'm just kidding no that was that's a lot of weight that's like 25 pounds or something but but so like if I would have walked into the gym and I would have saw Nathan curling something ridiculous like that and I would have said well I can't do that there's no point 
that's not what it's about. We can't judge ourselves by what other people's levels are at. Like, for instance, a person that I personally view as being on like a really high level, like with God, I think, I don't know where he's, Jerry Shork. I think he, that dude, if you don't know him, you should get to know him because he comes in here like four in the morning sometimes and prays over the pews and prays over, and he's, he's got a heart to grow and do things and, and he's always wanting to build people up also. So he, in my mind, he's like the Arnold Schwarzenegger, spiritually speaking, you know? But I can't, I can't judge myself based on him because I'm not at his level. That's not what it's about. Growing to another level is personal. It's between you and God. That's all that matters. And God doesn't care if you're not doing, benching 200 pounds spiritually. All he cares is that you're making progress and you're trying. And guess what? It's never too late to come in and start growing, even if you stop, okay? So like in lifting, if you stop lifting for a little bit and then you come back, it might take a little bit, but you will get back to where you were because you have muscle memory. That can't happen. You, you might have never been in the gym before. You start, start off. Or maybe you have. You've been a Christian, but you've slid, slid back. You can come back in and start over. That's the thing. This gym membership does not expire, you guys. We can keep going. And it doesn't matter if after this service you backslide or you get off track. It's not too late. You can come back and keep growing. For the rest of our lives, we should be growing. From the day you accept Jesus into your heart to if you're Billy Graham, I don't care. You have room to grow till the day you die. And when we do grow, the results are going to be awesome. I mean, just think of what happened. So some of us are okay with uh, sliding into heaven by the skin of our teeth, you know, like some of us are cool with that. But think of the things you're missing out on. Like what's on that next level? You don't know. God doesn't reveal to us what's on the next level. So maybe there's a family worker that you've been wanting to be saved. Maybe that, that could come when you grow to the next level God has for you. Or maybe a friend can be saved. Or maybe you can be called into ministry and you don't even know it because God's waiting for you to grow because he knows when you'll be ready. Or maybe you're called to the mission field. Or maybe there's healing in your life or in your family's life that you need if you would grow to the next level and you put forth an effort. Financial breakthrough. You know, maybe if you give like you've never given before and you grow in your giving, God will give you the financial breakthrough that you're looking for. We just got to grow and keep growing. After the sermon, keep going to the next level, to the next level. Never stop. So if you, and this message I think really works because all of us need to grow. Some of us need to walk into the gym for the first time, okay? Some of us need to re-walk in and start, start low and get into the routine again. And some of us have set routines but we still have room to grow. Every single person in here who desires to can grow. So if you would like to grow to another level with God, I ask that you, uh, you stand.
close your eyes and bow your heads, please. So I, I didn't think I was going to do this, but I feel like I'm called to do this right now, so I'm going to go with it. Some people have not been in the gym before or haven't accepted Jesus as their Savior. And I, I, I just want to give an opportunity for anyone who wants to do that, who wants to start their relationship today with God on September 8th, 2013, would you raise your hand and let me know that start our relationship. So if everybody else would repeat after me and whoever would like to accept Jesus into their life, let's all do it together as a family and be united, all right? So dear Lord, I come to you today having never been into the gym before in my life. A weak, scrawny wrestler and I ask that today you would forgive me of my sins and, and you would come into my heart and that we could start a relationship. And that from today and every day after this, I will continue to grow in my relationship with you. And that with the help of everyone here, we could change the world. Amen. Okay. So on a more comical note, uh, I just wanted to really encourage you guys and show you, like, with what well, hard work physically, you know, spirit, you, this whole message is physical, spiritual, simile, metaphor, I don't know what it is, but it's something like that. But physically, what could happen if you put in the work? Because I did, and I just want to show you the results that happened to me. It's worth it. I'm just saying. I'm wearing this, this shirt is, is kind of, kind of room, you know, you can't really see. But thank you guys. Come on, give it up for Elliot one more time. We're loving, we're loving what Jesus is doing in this place, but I just love that word from Elliot, man. So good. It's those words that get you a little uncomfortable sometimes that are the words that we need to hear. <laughs> I'll just tell you that. So, all right, give me one little moment, and then we're going to get out of here. But um, tonight, is, tonight is the kickoff of our life group's fall semester, okay? And so um, fall semester is our, is our kickoff. It's the beginning of our, it's the official beginning of our life group semester. And so go ahead and bump that music, DJ Brandon. All right, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to have a little fun. I want you guys to think life groups as you leave this place. So I'm going to have all the facilitators and hosts 
Come on up, facilitators and hosts. We want y'all to be, we want to give you guys some love today. Come on now. Where my facilitators at? It starts tonight. Every time. Come on, don't be scared. Come on, bring it in. Shut down, locked up, and held captive. There you go, fancy. That's all right. Facilitators and host out in the foyer, grab them, tell them to come on in. Come on now. It all starts tonight. Okay. So listen, if you still have not signed up for a live group, I encourage you to do that now. Right now, there's still room for you. We have a new life group in the Macbeth. I want to let you know this right here. Check it out. Peace out.